0: That'd be awesome. We're going to be in the book of Numbers, chapter 2. Numbers, chapter 2, verse 1 through 8. The first eight verses of Numbers, chapter 2. We were in a series where we talked about the armor of God. You can catch that on our YouTube channel. And we started talking about the coupling of, we've been given this armor, we've been given this protection, and this weaponry, and it's partnered with, it's married to, it's coupled with prayer. And you can't be armored without prayer and how the two work together. And we've been talking about the dynamics of partnering with God in our prayer. And we landed in this space last week where I defined praying for another person, as Paul said in Ephesians 6, where we were for the last handful of weeks, that we're to pray for each other, pray for one another, pray for the saints. That it's this, it's this picture of standing in the gap for somebody. And we stand like a bridge between where somebody is and where they want to go. And so I described praying for another person as being a bridge. And so last week, as we talked about being a bridge, helping others walk into what God has for them as we pray for them and stand in that space that they're in. Today, what I wanted to do is to set us out on a pathway and position us to be able to move. It's great that we've been... We've been informed. We've been talking about some things to inform us. But now we need some action. That information plus action equals transformation. Someone might want to write that down. If you're wondering how to live a transformed life, how to transform an area of your life, how to transform something, that there has to be information with action steps that lead to transformation. We can't just have information... And stop there and expect the information to do it on its own. This book is alive and well and has promises in it. But we have to put these promises into action. And so we're going to start out over the next three weeks. Today is going to be an introduction, if you will. Where I'm going to lay the groundwork for the next coming three weeks. And you're going to want to be sure to join us the next three weeks. Because we're going to walk through three components that we're going to apply As we approach God and we pray, and we're going to put some things in action. And what we're going to do at the end of today, the ask is going to be that we come with a need that we have to pray for and come with a need from someone around us. And there's three components that we're going to utilize. Let's first read in Numbers chapter 2, verse 1. It says, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron... The Israelites are to camp around the tent of meeting, some distance from it, each man under his standard, with the banners of his family. Now, I want to stop there for a second. I just want to describe, if you don't know, there's this guy Moses in the Bible who was a great leader. And one of the reasons why he was uh, considered such a great leader is he took the nation of Israel who was enslaved in Egypt underneath the rule of Pharaoh, took them out of slavery, and got them set into freedom and began marching them toward the promise that God had given them. <clears throat> this nation of Israel was given a promise by God that there was a land that they were to inherit. And it's this picture as we walk through this today that God has given, God has given you a promise. And he sets you on a path that you're on a journey toward that promise. And he's put leadership around your life and he's put order around your life, and he's going to bring some principles to you as we read through the scripture, principles to you and I, as we pray through some things. For us to understand that Moses and Aaron, his assistant, were traveling with an entire nation in the wilderness, through the desert, in transition, into a promise. And these are the specific instructions. This is the Lord said to Moses, and he began giving him instruction. And these are the specific instructions. Verse 3, let's look at this. On the east, toward the sunrise, the divisions of the camp of Judah are to encamp under their standard. The leader of the people of Judah is Nashon, son of Aminadab. His division numbers 74,600. This is the book of Numbers, so we expect to see some numbers here. So the 74,600 The next tribe was the tribe of Issachar, and they will camp next to Judah. This is very specific by God. The leader of the people of Issachar were Nathaniel, son of Zur. His division numbers, 54,400. Now, I want to point out all the numbers that are given in this are the number of men in the tribe. This is not counting women and children. The tribe of Zebulun, which will be next, the leader of the people of Zebulun is Eliab, son of Helon. His division number is 57,400. And all of the men assigned to the camp of Judah, according to their divisions, were 186,400. And again, that's only the men. That's not women and children. And they will set out first. So Judah will set out first. So as we set out over the next three weeks, on this journey together, because doing it together is better than doing it alone, as we set out together on this journey of praying and approaching God, I want to set the anchor for where our center needs to be focused. We read in this passage, it says, the Lord said to Moses, the Israelites were to camp around the tent of meeting. Now, I'm going to have the team throw up a slide real quick here. And this is a picture of the camp. This is exactly how God instructed Moses and Aaron to have the nation of Israel camp. As you can see, we have the camp of Judah to the east, the camp of Dan to the north, Reuben to the south, and Ephraim to the west. In the very center of all of the people, you have the tabernacle. In modern day times, it would be the equivalent of like having the church. So imagine having a city built in a way that the church was in the center. And the reason that God wanted it this way is because the tabernacle and the tent of meeting was the place that the priests would go, and they would meet with God, and they would pray with God, and they would spend time in God's presence. God's presence dwelled in this tabernacle in the very most inner parts And so the nation of Israel was God-centered. The nation of Israel was centered on God. So as we set out, I just want to set the ground rule that we are going to be God-centered. We're not going to be centered on anything else. We're not going to be centered on the Republican Party. We're not going to be centered on the Democrat Party. We're not going to be centered on what science says about how you should... I'm not going to get into it. We are going to be centered on God. I think most of the problems that we see in the world is we're too centered on ourselves, dare I say. And God gives this really great example in his order by saying, be centered on me. Be centered. I want everything pointing At me. In fact, I will tell you that the way this camp worked is this camp was no smaller than 12 miles square. That's how many people were involved. So imagine a small city. This is literally a city of people moving through the desert in the form of a cross. That was the exact order that God gave. This is how I want the tribes to camp. Each camp was called a squadron. There was four squadrons. And each one of those squadrons was broken up into three tribes, and as each one of those tribes would camp, they would put the openings of their tent. It would be like us putting the openings of our houses. Our front doors were all facing the tabernacle, so it would be like us building the city of San Marcos or the city that you live in. It would be like building the city with the church in the center, and every home was positioned in in in, a, in the form of a cross. And every home, when you walked out the front door, the first thing you would see is you would see the centerpiece would be God. You would see the, 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 the tabernacle in the center. You would see the steeple sticking up in the air. And this is what God wanted. This is what God was saying. I want you in the morning, I want you, the first thing that you do is to walk out with an openness to what I have for you today. So we're gonna approach God as the center with an open heart, just like our doors open, just like the tents open. We're gonna approach God as we as we pray over the next three weeks, and we walk through this journey together. We're gonna approach it with open hearts. We're gonna say the tent, the heart of uh, or the door of our heart is wide open. God, facing you, completely humble for you to do what you want to do. Don't. It's not what I want, God. It's what you want. And we're centered on you. And that's the place that we start from. We start from a God-centered position as we move out. Positioned to move. This is important. We're positioned to move. And when you move, not everything goes right. I can tell you the, na- the nation of Israel encountered a lot of struggle as they went from Egypt being enslaved to the land that was promised them. And I want to tell you something, you in this life are going to encounter struggle. You're going to encounter crisis. And what I love is that God brought order and intention to the middle of chaos with the nation of Israel. This is exactly what I want the formation to look like, God says to him. He literally brought a cross into their crisis because they, they camped, they were formed, and they moved as a cross. Some of us have experienced the power of God bringing a cross into your crisis by sending his son, Jesus Christ. And he said, there's a need that you have. And I'm going to send my son, Jesus and I'm gonna send the cross, I'm gonna bring order and intention to what the enemy has meant to disrupt, to destroy, and to bring disorder. And we are gonna proceed in prayer with God at our center, facing him, open hearts. Now there's three components to how we're gonna position ourselves in this prayer. And what I'm going to do is is I'm going to present to you these three points right now. And then each week, I'm going to dive deeper into these because there's a lot attached to each one of these. And I wanted today, first and foremost, to set the groundwork so that we have a good understanding. And I want you to know where we're going. And then there's, there's a little piece of homework. And it's just a couple things. Everybody can do two things. It's specifically two things. Everybody can do two things one time. Say that to yourself. I can do two things one time. Go ahead. You can say it slap the person next to you making bacon at home, nudge the person next to you and say, you can do anything two times. Okay, like half of you are in this. So three components. So we're going to talk about these three components. The first component is praise. The second component is wisdom. And the third is trust. First component is praise. The second is wisdom. And the third is trusting. So number one, and we're going to dive deep into this next week, but number one, we're going to be led by praise. So we're going to be centered on God, open hearts, to say, God, do what you want to do, and we're going to be led by praise. I love this. In Numbers 2, 3, we just read this. On the east, the east is always facing the sun, toward the sunrise, the divisions of the camp of Judah. So this word Judah, the name Judah, means praise or celebrate. So I want to bring up this picture again. And I want us to see this. Here we have Judah pointed at the east. When the nation of Israel would camp and they would get ready to move, Judah would be the first one to move. And they were moving from Egypt into the promised land. They were heading east. So when they would camp and they would get ready to move east toward their promise, as we move from where we're at and we begin to pray and move toward the promises that God has for us, we're going to lead with praise. So we're going to begin praising God before we even see the land that was promised. And this is what God was showing us. God was showing us this foreshadowing of how we can approach Him. We can approach Him and we can, ap- we can approach our promise with confidence, but we need to do it with order and we need to approach with praise first. How many times in my life do I approach with praise after God has answered my prayer? And what this is saying is you need to be like the nation of Israel and you need to approach me face forward, God-centered with praise. Begin thanking Him today for the thing that you haven't seen yet with the faith and the trust that it will be. And we are going to face God and we are going to be led with praise. And I love this because we will begin we will begin with the end in mind. And we're going to say, God, we praise you today. We praise you today. Man, if you don't, if you don't have something to praise God for, we need, we need to get some stuff inside of our hearts that we can praise God for. If we don't know what to praise God for, we need to dig inside of this information to get us to act so that we can see transformation. And it begins with being led by praise. Number two, second thing that we're going to do the following week is we're going to dig into being rooted in wisdom. In Numbers two five, it says, The tribe of Issachar will camp next to them. Now, I, I want to describe Issachar to you really quickly. Issachar is going to represent wisdom or divine strategy. Wisdom or divine strategy. It says in 1 Chronicles 12.32, From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Okay. The sons of Issachar, as they're also known, knew the signs of the times. They were known as being wise. They had, they, had, they had divine strategy. So Israel would come to this tribe, one of the 12 tribes of Israel that we just saw in this picture. And in Israel, the leaders of Israel, Moses would come and say, hey, I need wisdom. What should we be doing? And that, that was the tribe that they would, they would, they were known for leaning hard into the work of learning and listening and perceiving and, and knowing exactly when things should be done and how it should be done. It's divine strategy. And how often, do I come up with my own strategies? In fact, a lot of times what I do is I go, God, would you give me a million dollars to resource my strategy? And if you do it, then I'll praise you. I'll I'll, I'll shout praise God. I'll tell people how great you are. Once you give me the million dollars to accomplish my strategy, then I'll tell people how great you are. And God is showing us, I'm sorry. But you need to tell people how great I am, the abundance of the the magnificence of my love, how abundantly I love you, and what I have for you, and the promises that I have. And I will give you give you divine strategy. And oftentimes our first ask is not for wisdom from God. Too often my first ask is, God, will you fix my problem? And too often, the problem that I need God to fix was a problem that I created. And too often, it was a problem I created because I actually tried to employ my own strategy. And too often, my own strategy was so centered on me that I don't know that God would have blessed it anyway. Because it just had Pat written all over it. And so... We're going to be centered on God. Hearts open to say, God, do what you want. We're going to be led with praise. God, we're going to praise you before we even see the fruit. <laughs> we're, we're praising the apple seed as we put it in the ground before it grows into a tree and feeds us. Are you catching what I'm saying? God-centered, open hearts, led by praise. And our first ask is not to fix. Our first ask is for a divine strategy for wisdom. The third is we're gonna now, we're gonna stand, we're gonna trust that God provides, we're gonna trust His provision. The nation of Israel set out from this place called Egypt where they were slaves, and this trek across the desert. And they had to trust that the land that God had promised them was there. They hadn't seen it. But they had to trust. And God was trying to arrest their hearts and say, I want want you to always be centered on me. Be led by Judah. Praise. To have my wisdom backing you up. And to know that Zebulun The tribe of Zebulun represents resource. That my resource will be provided. I love this word Zebulun. It means uh, exalted. And this word exalted, I'm going to break that word down, just simply means raised or elevated. And what I realize about myself, and maybe you've gotten to this point in your life, is that When I try to elevate myself, I'm going to use another word. When I'm prideful and I try to raise and elevate myself, I get myself into trouble. But when I'm humble, God has the ability because you're God-centered, you're led with praise. God, give me wisdom. God now has the ability to work with the humility of your heart and my heart and he will exalt the humble. Matthew 23:12 For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You know God provided the greatest resource to our greatest need, his son Jesus. Do you think it's a coincidence? The thousands of years before Jesus Christ was ever born to a young girl named Mary, there was an entire nation traveling through the wilderness in the form of a cross. Do you think it's any coincidence that God brought the cross into the Israelites' crisis in the middle of their desert, just like He brought the cross into the middle of humanity's crisis through his Son Jesus Christ? just like I know for a fact that your greatest need is that God is going to solve and bring the cross into your crisis. God is the deliverer. He is the provider. I'm going to say this again too often. I try to provide, I try to work, I try to work all the angles and I try to get the resource for my strategy. And then I trick myself into saying, you know, God did this. No, I did it. Truly knowing God did it is when we praise him first. I want people to know that I was relying on God from the jump. God, I'm praising you now. Well, Pat, why are you? Because I'm relying 100% on God. Why would you do that? Because he's going to give me divine strategy and he's going to back me up and he's always going to supply for my greatest needs. God-centered, open hearts, led by praise, asking for this wisdom, and then standing firm and trusting that He will provide. Now, together, we're going to walk through this journey. If you decide to jump into this challenge and this is an easy challenge, because anybody can do something twice. I tell myself this all the time when I'm training for a triathlon and my body hurts and I'm like, I don't want to run another mile. I don't want I've biked 45 miles. I don't want to bike a 46th. I don't want to swim another yard. I begin telling myself, anybody can do something one time. Let me tell you something. God has instructed me. I, I, I want you to get, I, I really want you to understand this. If you call yourself part of this church family or if you're church shopping, you know, quote unquote, air quotes, Church shopping, checking check in things out, you know? How do things look on the shelf spiritually? I hope I'm... Well, I won't say that. I want you to know something. I want you to know what I believe God's called me to do. God has called me, and I believe God's called every leader standing on a platform teaching this spiritual information has called us to inform you and then to call you into action because God is not good enough leaving you where you're at and he wants you to live a life transformed. Some of you are stuck. Some of you in the last six months, you've gotten stuck over the last six months. Some of you were stuck before the last six months of 2020. The last six months have just uncovered how stuck you are. And I want to tell you something. I believe that God has called me as a leader to inform you. Here's the information. To show you, to inform you, but then to call you into action. So I'm calling us into action as a family. I'm included in this. I'm calling. I'm the coach who's going to run the mile with you. Okay? That that's who I am. So here's the action step. I want you to turn to somebody and say, "I can do anything twice." Number one, here's your instructions. This is your homework for the week. (laughs) I want you to come back next Sunday. I want you to have one thing that you've identified that you need prayer for. One thing. You may have 20 things. I want you to just one. What's one thing? Identify one thing you need prayer for. Now, here's the super challenge. For some of you, I know in my life, it's really easy to go, God, this is what I need. It's a little bit more of a challenge for me to get outside of my own world and to look at other people. But Paul, this is what we just studied, we're to be a bridge for other people. So guess what number two is? I want you to come next week having identified one thing someone around you needs prayer for. I, this is the special sauce. Like this is what's going to make things powerful. Powerful. We think that, God, you're so good when you answer my prayer. When you pray for someone else and you see God move on that person's behalf and you're the bridge for that person, and you see God move in their life, it is going to blow your mind. You're going to be like, man, God, thank you for, thank you for like meeting my need, but God, look what you did here. You're going to see the power of it. And what's going to happen when you text or you call or you email, you sit at lunch with this friend or this colleague, and you say, hey, listen, you know, my church is doing this crazy thing, and I don't even know if you believe in God. And can I tell you that most people, I've talked to a lot of people that don't have any understanding of God, or or they don't believe in God, or they've had the bad experiences with God, or, or, or they're not really sure, and I've never had anybody say to me, I refuse for you to pray for me. Can I pray for you? Everyone has always said to me, absolutely. I've even had people say, absolutely. I don't believe in it. But I'll take anything I can get. And in that moment, that's where things start to get really miraculous. Because you're going to take that prayer request and you're going to tell the person, hey, I just want you to know, there's going to be thousands of people all over the country and maybe a few people from other other parts of the world that are going to be praying for this need. And it's going to be awesome to see God step in. And we're positioned to move, but God's actually, he's positioned to move even more. And so we're, we're going to be God-centered. You're going to bring those two needs next week, and we're going to have an application step for that, but you're going to have to do your homework, okay? And we're going to step in, and we're going to say, God, we're going to be, we're going to be centered on you, open hearts we're going to lead with praise thank you in advance God give us a divine strategy now and now we're going to stand and we're going to trust we have full expectation that you're going to deliver just like you delivered on the cross you're going to deliver just like you delivered the nation of Israel from the slave the sl- in slavery of Egypt you are a God who has proven your promises stand true that they don't fail, that you never forsake us, that you never leave us, and so God, we we approach you with an open heart, saying that you are everything that we're focused on. When we get up in the morning, you're the first thing that we see when we open our eyes. You're the first thing that that, that we see when we turn on the TV. You're the first thing that we see when we flip open our social media. You're the first thing thing that we see when we get in the car. The first thing that we see when we get home and we say hi to our family. or We open the door to our favorite furry friend. You're the first thing because we're centered on you. And God, we're going to be led with praise, asking for wisdom, standing, trusting that he will provide. Come prepared. Father, we thank you. Lord, for just this beautiful picture that you gave us thousands of years ago on the formation, on the order, and the intention that you brought in the midst of instability for the nation of Israel. And you set them on a course toward their promise to satisfy their need. You set them on a course led by praise, backed up by wisdom, and resourced by you. And we, we, We're going to put the pressure on you, God. I know you're up for it. You're waiting for us. You're waiting for us to move. We are positioned to move. God, I know you're positioned to move. We thank you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. We'll see you guys next week.